BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour three, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos, who will be back tomorrow alongside Ken Barkley. This is hour three. We're still on Stadium with you guys. You can go to watchstadium.com. can check us out over there. We're also still streaming on twitch.tv slash betql, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. And you can also listen to us on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Going to continue talking locatology next segment, but we take a quick break to talk some NBA with our guy Noops. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Noops. Betting analysts, FTM bets and bet US NBA, and also the host of Hoops with Noops. Noops, great. Always having you on the show. Before we get into like the second half of the NBA season, some futures. How was your All-Star weekend? Did you hate it as much as everybody else did? Were you able to win some money at least? Did you bet on any of the competitions? Well, I bet on every single competition. It did very well at picking the second place finisher in a lot of things. Unfortunately, they don't pay out for second place. So that was a lot of fun. Overall... All-Star Weekend can never really disappoint me because I don't expect anything out of it. As I joked in an NBA chat, I'm in with Ken. I was asleep for the NBA All-Star Game for however many years in a row I've just been doing that. I think Saturday's great. The three-point shootout is fantastic. That's one of my favorite events. I don't know why everyone is so upset with the dunk contest. Look, we've, we've 98% of all possible dunks have been done. They're forced to do these silly things. And until we can get either star players or freak athletes, you know, you go back in time and look at guys like Fred Jones, one of the judges. How do we find somebody like that? Uh, again, another Mac McClung. There has to be some sort of dunk enthusiast freak athlete out there. And I think that's the only chance. But again, it was another fun Saturday and the all-star game. It happened, apparently. Yes, it did. It did. I, I, I was there in terms of I watched it. So it definitely happened. And I, I kind of want like those two and a half hours of my life back, especially because, as you mentioned, it can't stop coming in second. I had Halliburton to win MVP. He, he came in second. He got five of the 12 votes. That was uh, that was not fun. Uh, I know part of your the content that you're producing, like during this off time that we have is almost entirely focused on futures markets, teams to win the division, win the title, win awards, which I know you and I both love having conversations about. I know this isn't one of your bets and you have some good ones, which I definitely want to make sure we get to. But I do have to ask you about MVP and maybe it relates honestly to some of the bets that you like seeing what they are in the chat um I think there's a lot of I don't even know if there's a lot of differing opinions maybe that's the wrong way to put it I think we're starting to get a consensus opinion among people who bet noops at least that like SGA is the very valuable bet and that he is like the likely challenger to kind of like take down Jokic who was leading in the last Tim Bontemps straw poll. Do you agree with that? Like it's SGA and like, this is who people should put their money behind. Do you think it could get weirder than that? Like, where are you at with MVP right now? It's a really tough market. And it's one of those things where I agree that the price on SGA is a little too high. A lot of the ways when I try to handicap these awards, it's trying to just think about differences. And I think that it's we've got a pretty clear top two here with Jokic, with Shea Gilders, Alexander. So I think maybe Shea should be closer to plus 150 than, you know, the plus 210 we're looking at here from our friends at BetMGM. 
but I don't know if that's a good enough price to enter the market. I think at this point of the season, you have to look back at your own MVP portfolio. And I guess I would say at this point, if you don't have any Jokic, if you don't have any Shea, look at your positions and try to figure out maybe if you can enter and save yourself. But if you've got a nice fat number on Shea, cover it with some Jokic. If you've got a nice number on Jokic, definitely cover it with some Shea. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Noops, it's pretty much a two-horse race right now. Jokic minus 130, Shea plus 210. Then you have Luka and Giannis both at plus 900. It's also a two-horse race right now for Rookie of the Year. Weminyama is the heavy favorite, minus 650. Chet Holmgren is plus 500. Then you have Brandon Miller at 150 to 1. What's the case to be made, maybe, Noops, for Chet Holmgren in the second half of the season? This is one where, again, it's a two-man race, but I just think these prices should be a lot closer than they are. Um, Web and Yama has been really great. I think that what we're having here is the conversation between Victor Webinyama was the top pick. He is the guy of this group that has a chance to be a transcendently great NBA player, one of the 15, 25, 10 best players of all time, whereas Chet Holmgren has this ceiling of being a really productive player and you start to look at their seasons. I think Webin Yamas has been a little bit flashier. Uh, his counting stats are a little bit better, whereas Hungren's efficiency stats are better. And he's playing on a winning team. And in the same way, uh, there's going to be this push, I think, for Shea Gildress-Alexander. I think overall, Thunder players are going to get a hard look. And this number's just moved too much. I, I think Webin Yama deserves to be the favorite. But I'm looking at minus 650 on Webin Yama, plus 500 from our friends over at BetMGM. I think you have to get yourself some Chet Holmgren at plus 500, especially if you don't have some already, or again, you're able to take advantage of Webb and Yama, who you could have had at some nice plus numbers uh, even so far as a month ago. So I think we've just seen the market swing too much one way. I'm going to grab a little uh, Holmgren for myself. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Like how, how much do voters end up valuing team success versus player success? Some of the voters have been pretty outspoken that like they're going to vote Chet if the Thunder are really good. I don't know if everyone's going to feel that way, but I guess you have enough smoke to at least like consider it. And so I, I definitely don't blame you for wanting to play back now that we've gotten like, stretched out for so far in this market. I, I kind of think Wembenyama is just going to win, but like maybe I'm falling victim to the same kind of just like bias or simple-minded thinking or whatever that's like kind of creating the market that we have. So so Holmgren plays for the Thunder. We talked about SGA already. We talked about Chet there. Uh, <laughs> the Northwest division, a lot of the divisions in the NBA by the time we get to this point are like pretty decided. You know, the Clippers are probably going to win the Pacific. The Celtics are probably going to win their division. Like a lot of these just get said and they become not very fun betting conversations. The Northwest, like all year, has been like a really, really crazy conversation with Minnesota and Oklahoma City and Denver. Denver kind of slid a little bit going into the All-Star break. So odds wise, they're in third in terms of being most likely to win the division, like about three to one, depending on where you go. MGM's 325. And Minnesota's the favorite, probably the most likely team to be the one seed. And in the middle is the Thunder, who we've already talked about a bunch. How do you handicap the Northwest Division, Noops, as we come down the stretch here? It has been a really fun division. You start to look at the three teams here, starting with Denver. They're three games back of Minnesota, but they are in the rare position of getting to play Minnesota three times here to finish the season. So if you think Denver is going to be locked in and pushing hard, there is a chance that they can sneak up here. I am not of that opinion. We've seen the Nuggets pretty much kind of sleepwalk through this season so far outside of a few games against key opponents in big spots where they really seem to step up again, like that win in Boston it's been pretty rough for them. So I don't expect them to make that push. Not that I'm crossing Denver off, but I'm just not interested in betting them at, uh, again, the plus 325 we're looking at here. But the Thunder are just a game and a half back, 2-2 uh, in their series with Minnesota here. So that first tiebreaker um, goes aside. I think the second tiebreaker is division record. So uh, again, that's pretty close. Uh, 
The Thunder still have a game to play, so again, going to be favored in most of their games. They're effectively a game behind the way I look at it. And Oklahoma City has an easier schedule, in my opinion. They do travel a little bit more, but they generally play a much lower quality of team going forward. It's a deep team. We know they can handle injuries and such. And not that I don't think Minnesota is going to be good here. I just, as I started to look through it and, and run my numbers, I basically came up with the two of them with almost the exact same wins. And more often than not, Oklahoma City with one more win. So at plus 190 here, I think that's a really nice grab. Noops, you know, it's interesting. Ken and I are talking a lot of college basketball on the show today, and UConn's kind of separating themselves from the pack. And right now they're plus 500 to win the title, and their price just keeps going down. Boston's price keeps going down to plus 110 in the East. Like, in your opinion, do you think they're still worth a bet at that price? Do you think the gap is that significant that you would still, even at the shorter number, when it's been higher throughout the season, you would still bet them at the plus money? I haven't bet Boston all season, and I'm not going to bet them now. Uh, it's a great team. It's a really good roster. Uh, up and down, they have depth. They have multiple stars. They can handle a lot of things. But I still continue to struggle to see how the postseason is going to be any different than it has for the last few. Now, the Eastern Conference is wide open, but there's also a lot of injury uncertainty. If somehow Embiid can come back and be even 75% in shape basically the philadelphia becomes a really scary team i'm not expecting glenn rivers and the milwaukee bucks to suddenly put it together but you've always got Giannis. that's a terrifying matchup the miami heat continue to dominate boston with their control over games the improvement in their coaching so it's one of those things where i understand why boston is such a big favorite uh, but i'm just waiting to fade them in, in the postseason i can't wait to see how the bracket shakes out and i'll be probably be betting against them most series yeah i mean Heat look a little better. They make it again. Knicks, I think, would be really interesting. Like, there's a couple teams where it's... I'm not saying they would definitely beat the Celtics, but I, I kind of agree. People that listen to the show very much know how I feel about the Boston Celtics, just at least in terms of a title winner. And let's do that market next, Noops. Maybe we could do a couple other awards. I want to ask you about Maxi most improved before the interview's over for sure, which has been a pretty hot topic in, like, you know, people who bet on awards and stuff. But in terms of the title... And PJ alluded to it, like the Celtics price, especially to win their conference, but to win the title, it's it's come down as they are really on the verge of having like a, a historic win-loss record in the NBA. They won't obviously, they're not going to go 73-9 and nine or anything, but like it's going to be like a 65-66 win team at the end of the season, which, you know, like those teams usually win or make it really far, um, but you're not betting them to win the title. And uh, tell us who you like to win the NBA title and kind of some of the thought behind it. If you heard me talk this season about the NBA, you've heard what I'm about to say. The Denver Nuggets should be favored to win the NBA title. Nikola Jokic is the best player. Him and Murray are probably the best top two. Denver continues to have depth. Again, they'll miss Bruce Brown, but they found some younger players that work. We know how much better they are in the postseason when they make adjustments like playing Aaron Gordon as their backup center, going a little bit smaller, stretching out Jokic's minutes. I look up and down the Western Conference. It is a very tough conference, but I still don't see a team that looks good enough to me to beat Denver. The Clippers are great, but it's just a terrible matchup for Denver. They really don't have the size or anything that they can do to control Jokic. And as much as the Clippers have been good, I'm still reminding myself that it is February and James Harden becomes a much different person in April and May. So uh, the Suns continue to be overpriced. I don't understand why the Suns are the fourth, fifth favorite. They're third to win the West for some reason. And Minnesota and Oklahoma City are good. I just Maybe think it's a year too early. So the Denver Nuggets, they're plus 450. I bet them basically every time they've gone to plus 500 or a little bit higher. If you don't have any Nuggets in your pocket, get it now. I think they win the West and worst case are maybe small underdogs to Boston if that's the matchup in the finals. And as we just talked about, I'm not sure the Celtics are going to be there. You and me, buddy. I 
I really hope we're right. Because <laughs> if Boston plays Denver in the finals and Boston wins, I think I have to like retire from the show or something. I think that's like how this we works. We have a lot of stuff just, we have to uh, delete. Yeah, I just, yeah, just like, find me in the foreign country or something. Uh, yeah, anyway, hope it, hope it plays out that way. I, PJ's going to be nice and let me ask you about Maxi most improved just because you and I have a rapport with this award. We talk about it every single time you come on. You're a Sixers fan. You bet Maxi at like a really good price before the season started. Like you, you bet him last year. You've been, you've been waiting for this moment basically for him to potentially, uh, win most improved player. He, he's a favorite and he's a pretty big favorite. But he's not as big of a favorite as he was about two or three weeks ago, which probably at least gives you like a little cause for concern. And I feel like everyone's trying to find people who bet, not the, the voters may have made up their mind. Maybe it is Maxi, but just the people who talk about this stuff, it feels like it's, oh, it's Jalen Williams because he's getting like a pop recently, or it's still, maybe it's Shengun still, but maybe they have to play better, or it's Kobe White, like if the numbers stay as good as they are, or, you know, I'm sure there's like a Kaminga, but like probably need a really narrow path there where he really scores a lot to close. feels like people are trying to talk themselves into a lot of candidates and they could be right for sure. Where are you at here on like Maxi versus the field? Still a minus price to win a most improved player in about a minute, please. Well, I'm going down with the ship, but I don't really feel great about it. Um, right. I have a bunch of Maxi bets to be most improved. Before the season, he was anywhere from plus 2,000 to as high as plus 3,500. I have a pile of tickets that I try not to look at because it makes me sick. But uh, when I compare this to some of the other award markets, it kind of reminds me of six man of the year where we don't have a great candidate but Maxi is still the best candidate for this award. And what we've seen, like you said, he was as big of a favorite at minus 500. I think he even got to minus 700 after his 51-point performance um, in a Sixers victory without Joel Embiid. We're now looking at minus 150. But as you said, you start to look through. Kobe White, the Bulls are not very good, and Kobe White's counting numbers are starting to flatten out. Shen Gouda has been the same price pretty much all season, basically, at this point. There just isn't a real push for him. Kaminga is the name that scares me. He continues to get better and better. And if this Golden State team can push up to maybe the seventh seed, maybe even compete for a sixth seed and Kaminga scoring 25-plus points a night, I think he's the only guy that can challenge Maxi. But I think at this point, if you're selling on Maxi, you're selling very low. They've had a week off. The Sixers should be a little bit healthier, maybe not in bead, but the rest of the support pieces they've been missing should be back. They don't have the worst schedule going forward here. And I think if Maxi can kind of right the ship, get the Sixers in at the end of the season, still a four or five seed without Embiid. Uh, come voting time, people are going to look at the list of options and Maxi will be the best one available. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore noops, betting analyst, FTN bets and bet us NBA, the host of hoops with noops, our guy noops. Always great talk with you noops. Enjoy uh, the last day off before uh, it starts back up again on, uh, well, I guess get your day off tomorrow too. Starts back up on Thursday. Enjoy the second half of the season. We'll talk to you again soon. I can't wait for basketball to come back. There's just too much time in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, you four-hour shows about brackets. That's what you end up doing when, yeah. that, when that doesn't happen. You end up creating a, a fictional NCAA tournament and playing it out. This is what happens when you have too much time on your hands. Uh, this speaking is... of which, I, I can't get back to simulating this fictional tournament, PJ. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait either. We got to wrap up our time on Moron Island before uh, we yeah. head over to the next region. Got, got to get back there real soon. We're talking about Alabama next before we head to Yukon's region and do some more Locketology. PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM.